We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Action fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. Chris the Brain and Chad Cruz with you, as always. And Chad, we have got our good friend, Mr. D. Petrillo, the Toy Man, with us again. And uh, we are going to be getting into more spooky talk on this episode. And we just got done with Maximum Overdrive last time, Chad. Yeah. What a great conversation that was. Yeah, that was a fun one. Anytime you can kind of pull out one of those old films from the 80s, and, uh, and and rewatch them if you haven't seen him in a while. You rewatch him. You kind of uh, fall in love once again, and you know just talk about some of these some of these old movies with the incredible music and the crazy effects and just like how fucking wild they were. And you know when you talk about older flicks, there's really no better person to have than our buddy, you know, Mister Deep Petrillo, the Toy Man. And I am here, and uh, contrary to popular belief, I don't like to pull out anything. Uh, so now that I've started the conversation on that X-rated little uh, <laughs> dad joke right there, let's uh, let's sink our teeth into some vampiric action tonight. Well, before we get to that, story, oh oh, let's yes. talk about some of these new movies that have been coming out. I, two of them, or one of them, we agree on. One of them, we certainly don't agree on. And I'm going to talk about that one first. Halloween ends. I felt was an awful film. And I will never watch it again as long as I live. But you, on the other hand, you rather liked it. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to disagree. I mean, I know coming off of Halloween Kills, uh, you know, the bar was set which, very low. Which I also did not care for. And I'm with you 100% on that one. Uh, to the extent where that's on sale for like six fifty this week and I still refuse to pick it up. And you know I do love <laughs> a good DVD deal. I know you do. Uh, but with Halloween Ends, you know, I don't think it was a perfect film. I think that it was rather hastily done in some aspects. Uh, I think the secondary storyline taking the forefront for most of it uh, did more harm than good. I think that if they had kind of lent that storyline or at least the impetus of it to be in Halloween Kills, the trilogy would flow a lot better. I but agree. overall, I will give them credit for what they tried. And... Uh, I liked it. You know, the, the climactic scene, bit of a letdown, uh, the closure or uh, lack of closure on the secondary storyline, bit of a letdown, but I think that they purposely left it open-ended, although that would make no sense since the rights are now reverting back to the original rights holders. Bloomhouse yeah. no longer has a stake in Halloween. So uh, we're probably left a little bit more confused than they were hoping we would be. But I, I would have to lean uh, thumbs in the middle towards up for at least, uh, you know, the old A for effort in that one. No, no, a senior citizen fight in the kitchen wasn't going to be a great finale, no matter what. <laughs> uh, Chad, have you had the opportunity to watch this to be the uh, deciding vote here? Or have you spared yourself? Uh, I think the fact that I have not watched it means that my vote is a no. But it's also <laughs> I have not only not watched this, I haven't watched any of the new trilogy. 
Okay. So I did see, I did watch the, uh, the clip of him killing a bunch of firefighters in the last film. Right. And got a great laugh out of that. So that was fun. Yeah. But, four years earlier, he could take out an entire town, yes. including an entire fire department. Yeah. But four years later, just some random dork beats the shit out of him. And I'll uh, never forget him walking out of that burning house and uh, instantly these, these, these firefighters just like, we have to kill him. Like They just like, they just start their chainsaws and go after him. Please, I'm not really sure why. Please but, tell uh, us there's a serial training class that you attended. Yeah. I spent uh, whew, a better part of a year learning how to murder serial killers. So yeah, it's, luckily we're, we're on top of that. Cause I mean, when if somebody, you have a, a serial killer like that, I would think it's all hands on deck. Well, you got it. Uh, the police, the fire department, anybody yeah. who could help. Uh, National Guard. You need everybody ready to uh, yeah to eliminate this well, who, threat. You know who gets that first call, right? It's it, it's us. It's the police. We're the ones there right. first, and right. and I've got a truck full of goodies that I could use. And you know, we talked to our good buddy Chad Law the other day, uh, just recently, and. I mean, I've got a just a, a fantastic film for him. You know, I, oh I just, boy, I know, yeah. I just need him to get working on that screenplay. Is all I'm saying. All right. Well, so yeah, if if you uh, watch Halloween Ends and you like it, then you're you're in the Christy Petrillo camp. If you hate it, you didn't listen to me. So that's all I have to say. But how about this one, Chris? Black Adam. Now there is a movie. That I did enjoy. That's one that we can agree on. Uh, just saw it yesterday. Went with the family. And definitely uh, on the better end of DC's cinematic efforts. Uh, I thought it was very fun. Now that's a movie that moved at a quick pace. And that was a welcome change of pace. Because as you know, a lot of these uh, of the latest DC movies tend to uh, take the most of their runtime. And Black Adam, it was just kind of uh, a lot of action. Not too much filler. I think The Rock was good in it. I think that Hawkman was good. I think Pierce Brosnan stole the show yes. uh, in his, albeit brief time, as Dr. Fate. Uh, but this was basically a Justice Society movie. Yeah. You know, the focus wasn't solely on Black Adam. We did get to establish uh, a bit of the supporting cast. And I am anxious to see where this takes the rest of the DC extended universe, uh, given that post credit scene with someone very near oh, and dear yeah. to your heart. Oh, that was a moment in that theater. That theater came unglued and it was something special. Uh, and you know what? For me, it wasn't, you know, going in, it's like, is this just going to be the rock with a cape on? But it really wasn't. I mean, he really toned down the rockness and just, you know, he was. There were no Black Adam rock bottoms. No, oh, <laughs> there were not. There were not. Not this time anyway. Maybe next time. And yeah, like you said, very different than the other. I mean, the Batman came out. This is could be no further on the opposite end of the spectrum than the Batman. But both were good. I enjoyed both of them, but for very different reasons, very different movies. Um, and like you, and I think just the fact that it's different characters. You know, we've seen the Batman in many incarnations, but this is the first time Black Adam or uh, Hawkman, and uh, you know, who was it? Adam Smasher. Cyclone, yep. Dr. I mean, Fate. Dr. Fate. So it's like, I think that just gave it a fresh feel um, and definitely not your typical DC film. So that one I would highly recommend. So you've got one film that you guys disagree on and one that you do agree on. Correct. Um, can we all briefly mention 
a film that I think is just setting the world on fire right now. And that is Terrifier 2. I mean, <laughs> you guys both watched that, right? I have not watched that. I have not seen that. Yeah. I have, have not seen, seen Terrifier 1 either, though. Oh, so Prepare to have your world absolutely ruined. Will I be, will I be terrified? Uh, it, no, you won't be terrified, but you will have an, an amazing time. All right. Uh, and I've yet to see Terrifier 2. I'm very excited about it. I've you know, heard about of, it. A lot yeah. of word on the street about uh, people puking in, in their popcorn uh, bags and uh, passing out and fainting uh, from the uh, yeah, massive I don't amounts. Know, I don't know if I need that. I just had uh, a little bit, bit of food poisoning on Friday, and uh, yeah, I've had enough of that for this year. I'm very excited. It's making a lot of money, and, and it didn't cost hardly anything. Well, that's um, the classic horror movie formula. Yeah. yeah, I bought the first one at Dollar Tree a couple of years ago. Holy crap! What a fun <laughs> as well as the uh, the movie that it stemmed from that All Hallows, All Hallows Eve. Eve. That was a Dollar Tree mainstay for a while. How about that? Yeah, I've uh, these are a couple films that have been bouncing around our our firehouse for for some for the month of October. We've been watching them and having a lot of fun, and been talking about a little Terrifier two uh, outing. So I'm excited you know. for it. You know, and I would like to point out if anybody from Dollar Tree uh, corporate is listening, you know, we will gladly whore ourselves out if you want to sponsor us uh, because we give you freaking free plugs every time uh, the Toy Man is on this. Uh, that podcast. is true. All and the time. Sometimes even without him yeah. on here, uh, we'll, we'll bring it up. So come on, Dollar Tree. Step it up. You're getting that Not extra quarter. You can pay us some. Yeah, that's a. I mean, 25% right there. They just, they upped the price. Yeah. Just send that our way. We got you. Yeah. We'll make, we'll make it worth your while. Let's just put it that way. I mean, yeah, we've got literally dozens of people that listen to this podcast. At Are least. you kidding me? Are you kidding me? All right. So there you have it. All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break and then we are going to come back and we are going to talk about some vampire action, a little round table discussion, but some of the great vampire and maybe some not so great ones will get mentioned too vampire action when we return we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, and the Toy Man, Chris Petrillo, back with you here on the Bulletproof Podcast. And we are continuing with our celebration of spooky season here on the podcast as we talk a little vampire action. And guys, vampire movies are... I mean, they're, they've been around forever. I mean, every genre has tackled them. You've got, of course, obviously the horror genre. There's comedies about it. There's dramas. And, of course, there are action movies. And I would like to get our conversation started with probably the newest entry into this subgenre of action films, Day Shift, which just came out a few months back on Netflix. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was entertaining. I know some people did not like that it didn't stick to some of the classic lore, didn't have enough of that lore in there, but I like the world that it built and uh, I thought it was a fun film. Chad Cruz, I know you watched this one. I did. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I did think it was fun. I think it had some, some very obvious flaws. I think that, you know, it, it, the villain was pretty, pretty dog shit. 
there was no kind of build up to the villainy. And, and it was like, ah, I'm a real estate person. And then that was it. And, uh, but, but Jamie Foxx was great in it. Uh, they had his little buddy kind of duo with the other guy, James Franco's brother, whatever his name is. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was fun. The action was really cool. Um, it, to me, it, that's what like a, a Netflix film should, should be like. It's entertaining to watch. It's one that you'll tell your friends about. And it's the one that, you know, you guys can sit around and watch and right. you can put it on every two, three years and, and still have fun with it. But it's not the movie that's like going to explode and, and be some massive hit. Right. So Netflix is the perfect, you know, yeah, because it put, could have potentially lost a ton of money if it was yes. a theatrical release. But on Netflix, perfect venue. And, and you had Scott Atkins and Steve Howie who like steal the show. And they have one scene. Yeah, and that's uh I mean that's pretty much everybody's favorite scene, I think, that action sequence and you're like, "Holy shit, where would those guys go?" You know, for the finale of the film, you're wait like, "Man, they should have brought yeah. those guys back." And You got Snoop though. You have had Snoop who's Lord of Mercy, Snoop uh Martha Stewart. Snoop is probably going to get that Dollar Tree and... deal before we do. Snoop, Snoop has Snoop so many commercials out there. I don't know what he yeah. does he do anything other than commercials now? He, he obviously doesn't have to. He's plugging everything. That's crazy. Yeah. He, him and Shaq are in a race to who could plug the most shit. <laughs> Chris DiPetrillo, did you uh, get a chance to watch Day Shift? I have not. You know, it's been sitting in my queue. I'm a big Jamie Foxx fan, so it did appeal to me just based on that. I like a lot of the stuff that he does, but it's one that has been sitting there and it's just collecting dust as if you can do that in a Netflix queue. Haven't gotten to it yet, but it's one that I should get to soon, uh, just based on the reviews from you gentlemen. It also features California Love, and any does. any movie that features that song is going to get me to watch. Uh, yeah, uh, you know that's that's an all time classic. Uh, like you said, Dave Franco is is the sidekick. I enjoyed him. Uh, he did a good job. The thing that I think bothered me the most was the uh, neighbor. How uh, they just kind of team up like out yeah. of the blue, seemingly, but. Uh, I think there was some added some stuff there that they had cut out of the film. Yeah, I would think so. Um, um, and and you know, I, I I applaud them for the you know, there's one thing that that vampire films have always done a really good job of, and that's like a this world building. There's like this uh, secret underground world where vampires exist, and someone's fighting them. Or and and this movie does that, and it also does it goes one further, and it has the the this agency or whatever right. that's funding you know, the, the right. The and there's rules and there's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, so there's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I, that That's the part I think I like most about it. Other than of course the, the action, which the was, Scott Atkins part. Yeah. But very, you know, J, with it with JJ Perry, you know, as, right. as the director, you knew the action was going to be pretty much top notch. Of course. Right? So, and it looks cool. It's definitely got like a California flavor to it when you, yeah. when you watch it. And uh, yeah, I think that a flawed, very flawed film, but extremely entertaining. And one that you could easily see uh, as the beginning of like a you know franchise yeah, of. I think of films. we. I think they kind of set up Night Shift. Yes. Uh, at, by the end of the film, so. I and would... if you if you want to talk about Jamie Fox, I think uh, there's something very underrated about Jamie Fox. All right. His singing ability. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why aren't we talking more about that? He's he a... has had several albums. He has. Very good singer. He's a, he's an all around talent. Yes. His wife in this movie is incredible. All right. Or whatever. She yeah. ex-wife, whatever she is. They're estranged. But I think by the end they, they were good. So oh, yeah. you know, we'll 
spoiler alert sorry everybody uh chris you didn't see this one but why don't you give us one of your favorite vampire action films so i'm gonna go with one that a lot of people may have forgotten and that is the forsaken from 2001 uh it's currently streaming on tubi uh i remember grabbing this dvd slate unseen on release day uh but it stars care smith uh he had been on dawson's creek he was in the my bloody valentine remake and he is driving a sports car cross country and winds up picking up a hitchhiker, uh, which was played by one of the guys that was on the original Roswell show on uh, the WB back in the day. And it turns out that he is a vampire hunter and he has been bitten by one of the forsaken. And there's only several of them uh, still in existence. They are spread out across the United States. And he is trying to find the one that bit him so that he can cure himself of the vampirism before it is too late. So it's uh, half buddy action, um, you know, a little bit light on the humor. Uh, the action's pretty good. It is a very early 2000s movie, just looking at the aesthetic, uh, the soundtrack, you know, uh, bands like Eve Six are on it. Beautiful. So it is definitely a product of its time, but it was always a fun movie. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And like I said, I know it's on Tubi right now. It's popped up in my recommended a couple of times. So if anyone wants to check it out, it is up there free for your viewing pleasure. I think I will because I have never seen this film. So this is a new one for me. No, and I actually saw this on Tubi the other day. And uh, and I stopped and, and read the synopsis. And I said, that sounds interesting. Before, of course, I moved on to like one of my you know comfort films uh, just late in the night. But uh, yeah, I've, I've heard of this one, but never seen it. I would urge you both to check it out because I've always thinking that this one should have gotten a better rep than it did. You know, you had the guys that were kind of the hot stars at the time, um, you know, decent B movie plot. The, like I said, the action was good. Uh, the fight scenes battling the vampire is really good. Uh, pretty much along the lines of something like a Jeepers Creepers, as far as like the action and the being hunted and stuff okay. like that. But I always thought this one was pretty cool. All right, Chad Cruz, your turn. What you got for us? Well, you know, I'm not going to go out on a limb here and talk about a film that, that's going to be new to anyone. I'm going to talk about one that I love and that I think that a lot of people love out there. And that's from the, uh, the, the father of horror, John Carpenter. And that's a little film called vampires. Um, 1998, John Carpenter is, uh, he's, he's in a, he's an elder soul now. He's an old, old fella. Uh, but 98, he was still pumping out some wonderful work and, and vampires is just one of those films that just, yeah, man, that's got so much cool vampire mythology and, and that world building that I love. And it's just dark and grimy and gritty. And it's like no country for old men, but with vampires. That's how I feel about it. Notorious T.I.G. in that one as well. And he's a fantastic villain in that movie. He, you know, he plays this vampire who's uh, mysterious and uh, extremely deadly and powerful at the same time who uh, just like he doesn't he in in modern cinema you have origins and introductions and all this crap in this movie his introduction is him killing like a dozen vampire hunters and like chopping them in half and ripping their throats out and just murdering prostitutes left and right so it's like his introduction is the one of the most badass scenes in the entire film and uh james woods i mean He's not like a guy who's done 50 action movies in his career, but this one action film is freaking amazing. 
And don't forget that the sequel had another very unlikely <laughs> action hero because it was John Bon Jovi who took James Woods' place. Whoa. No way. You were not aware of this? I, I, no, I did not. You didn't really? Uh, yeah. Uh, it was it Vampires, uh, Dos Muertos? No, Los Muertos. And remember I said this movie needed a sequel, and then I believe Toy Man said it does have a sequel. And I was like, oh, shit, you're right. <laughs> I mean, I actually think there's several of them. I know there's the one with Bon Jovi because I've seen pieces of that one, but I never watched it all the way through. But I believe there's actually several of them, and, it, and it's like a vampires trilogy. It lends itself so well to that, you know, to to direct video sequels because of the the world that it creates with, you know, the Catholic Church kind of being on the forefront of this, and you know, they essentially created vampirism, and uh, and now they're funding these these hunter squads that are out there taking them out. So it's so simple to make, and the stories essentially write themselves. All right, well, there you go. Vampires. John Carpenter. Pumping stuff out, as you said, in 1998. Uh, but now he might need some pharmaceuticals to help him do that. Oh, yeah. All right, well, I'm going to talk about one that probably is under the radar of a lot of people. From 1996, it stars the one and only Don the Dragon Wilson. It is called Night Hunter. It's one I reviewed a few years back and saw it for the very first time, but... You know, Don the Dragon Wilson made about 915 uh, Blood Fist movies. <laughs> so to see this, I mean, Night Hunter was quite a departure from those films. He was like his he came from a family of vampire hunters and they had this book with the names of all the vampires who ever lived. And you just kind of hunted these people down and, and uh the action here, I think, suffers, Chris. I know you've seen this one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the uniqueness of this, you know, it's not a freaking kickboxing movie. It's Tom the Dragon is a vampire hunter. I think just that the novelty of that makes this one worth watching, especially if you are a Don the Dragon fan. Yeah, it was basically Don the Dragon Wilson as Blade, uh, at least the live action version, two years before Wesley Snipes there you go. became a blockbuster success as Blade. And uh, yeah, lacking in a lot of the action that uh, made the Blood Fist series famous. But it really is. uh, It's a curiosity. It's an oddity in his filmography, for sure. And yeah, just even the way they shoot the action uh, in this one is kind of off putting. Uh, But you got, you know, some other you got uh, Vinnie Murdaco. Anytime he pops up, I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, You got Nicholas Guest in there. You've got all kinds of uh, familiar faces if you are a, a B movie uh, fan and i know i am chad cruz i'm sure you probably have never seen night hunter i have I, not actually i know you're not a huge don the dragon fan uh you know i can i can handle most don the dragon uh i i'd say of the don the dragon movies that i've seen it's probably about 50 50 you know yeah half of them i enjoy and half of them i did not enjoy and you got vince clinn in this too who may actually be a vampire I mean, he he looks that's, kind of freaky. That's kind of disturbing to think about. You know, I think he could. Oh, they go for the realism effect. He could be a vampire. Let's let's face it. Don't you all agree? Maybe not. No. Well, I think he could be, um, but then again, he was a surfer, so he'd be out in the sun a lot. So maybe that doesn't work. 
Chris, you're doesn't lend itself well to vampirism. No, unless you're one of those weird twilight vampires that sparkles. And hopefully you're not. And that yeah, that's not going to be a movie that's mentioned beyond that little comment on the rest of this podcast. Not that I well, who knows what Chad Chad co- comes up with some crazy th- thoughts on this show sometimes. But Chris, it's your turn again. What do you got for us? Uh, so I am going to throw it back to 1987 for a horror classic, Near Dark. Oh, yeah. That was going to be my next one. What a great movie. Lance Henriksen. Yep, great movie. Great cast. Yep. Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, uh, Adrian Pastar, who people might remember as uh, Nathan from Heroes, mm-hmm. the older brother of uh, Peter Petrelli, the one who could fly. Uh, but Near Dark was a movie that I remember seeing when I was a kid and not really grasping the whole concept. I just knew whatever is on right now is an awesome movie. And my fandom for that movie only grew the older I got and the more I got to watch it. Tim Thomerson as well in that one. Oh yeah. I did. I, I forgot that he was even in it. I, who does he play in that movie? I think he's the dad of uh Pazdar, isn't he? Pazdar. Okay. Tim Thomerson's always a, just like a, a wonderful person to see in a film. You're like, Oh, it's Tim Thomerson. And you're like, you just kind of like sit there and wait for something to enjoy. Cause he's always so enjoyable. Agreed. Chad, I know you're a fan near dark. Are you not Catherine I Bigelow? I am Catherine Bigelow. She's made some fantastic action films over the years. And, uh, and near dark to me is just like, man, th- th- there's so much good in it. You know, you talked about Bill Paxton, Lance Hendrickson, like that just, they're so amazing in the film that you kind of like forget that there's a movie happening behind their performances. Um, but it's got like this, you know, some of these vampire movies we talk about have a, a romance element to it. And this has that, but it also has some extremely gruesome killing, uh, which is also something that you find in a lot of vampire movies. And, and I think that near dark, it just like, it runs the full gamut of like, all the great things that you can put into a vampire film and it's done so, so superbly and all the actors are, are fantastic in it. So Catherine Bigelow is pretty much uh, made a career of uh, making films kind of out of nowhere. It's like the Randy Orton from out of nowhere. Like she just like comes out with something phenomenal. And did uh, we m- mention Jeanette Goldstein? Yes. Uh, uh, shit. What's her name from uh, aliens? Why did it just escape me? Vasquez. Vasquez from Aliens, Jeanette Goldstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the third member of their crew, right? Oh yeah. They're they're yeah, they're a and, and this obviously had the uh, distinction of they never say vampire in the entire movie. That that phrase is never uttered, but obviously the whole movie is about vampires. A little fun fact, in case you forgot. And you know, there's another film that I'm trying to think of the name here. Uh, uh, give me just uh, about 13 seconds here. and 13 I will, seconds, um, depending I will, on the speed of your internet. I am DB it. And uh, are you counting? Because I don't know if we've started the 13 seconds yet. You're up to eight I'm right eight. now. Holy <laughs> don't shit. hesitate. Here we go. What is this called? Oh, God. Okay. So there, there's a, I like to use the quote unquote, vampire film uh that was made back in the late 90s 98 uh starring jude law and it is called immortality where it's another one where i don't believe that they ever uh 
call him a vampire, mm. even though it looks like the synopsis claims he's a vampire, but it's, it's certainly not an action film, but he is a, uh, he's, he's very much like a Dracula character where he's been, you know, seducing these women and turning them or feeding off of them for so long. And he's just, uh, it, it's one of those films that I, I think I caught randomly at night, uh, probably in the early 2000s, and I had no idea what I was watching. And uh, I just... Hoping for something else on Cinemax at that point? Yeah, I was hoping for, you know, bare-breasted women. But uh, it turned out to be really, really good. It's not one that I intended on talking about, but yeah, Immortality with Jude Law. Right, he was waiting for Emmanuel in Space to come on, and uh, that came on instead, so... I was waiting for uh, Red Shoe Diaries to come on. That was Showtime. I... That was, uh, yeah, that was you know what I, I had Showtime. You remember, uh, oh shit, what was another <laughs> softcore porn? What was that one? Uh, Hot Springs Hotel. That was ah, I do remember Hot Springs Hotel. Yeah, thank God. Did you uh, ever try to check into the Hot Springs Hotel? No. You know what else uh, Near Dark has? It has John Parr's hit, Naughty Naughty, which is a classic song if you don't remember it and speaking of naughty naughty you can hear my naughty dog trying to bust into this office <laughs> he's been good the past several episodes but uh, i guess he was yeah. due or well you know we're talking about uh, creatures that like to sink their teeth into things and man does he have something in common with them he d- yes he's he has destroyed plenty of items here in this home uh so yeah near dark Good pick, Chris. Excellent. Thank you very much. Chad Cruz, do you have another one? Or was Immortality? Did you jump the line? And no, you, I didn't. Do you, have a, do you have a good one for us? That was a special, just a special. That was a pick. bonus. Was a bonus yeah, pick. Bonus pick. Excellent. And, you, know, you know, Chris, he talked about uh, Near Dark from 1987. There's another great vampire movie from 1987. The Lost Boys. Oh, you know, yeah. From our, from our buddy uh, Joel Schumacher. Uh, 35 just, years ago. Just just a film that it feels like the 80s when you watch it. You just like uh, feel like you're in a different world, a different generation. And the music is just incredible. And, uh, you know, Jason Patrick and was it Corey Haim? What, the, the two Corys, right? Corey Haim and Corey Feldman. Yep. Heldman, yeah, Heldman. Uh, Haim and Feldman. I wanted to say Corey Hart. I wish they had had a Corey Hart in there too. Just why not? But uh, – yeah, Kiefer Sutherland as one of the vampires and the little crew, and uh, yeah, the, the grandpa from Gilmore Girls is in there too. Uh, but yeah, just just an incredible movie. One that I probably of all the all the films we talk about today, probably the one I watched the most. It is true. Yeah, it is an '80s classic. I think the thing that always disturbed me most about the film was the Rob Lowe poster that the boys had in their room. I mean, Rob Lowe was an icon. He was. You got to give it up for him. So handsome, too. Well, yeah, and I think that poster may have been, like, bare-chested or maybe had a crop top on. It was very, it seemed like something that would be more in a uh, young lady's room. But, you know, I'm not here to judge. You probably had a Terry Funk, you know, Speedo. Terry Funk? You probably had a Terry Funk one in Speedo in your room. Did they make those? I don't know. Why not? Why Terry Funk? I don't know. I mean, I had Brutus Beefcake with his 
fishnets on, but that oh, yeah, I had all kinds. <laughs> so I guess who am I to talk? I had Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Ultimate Warrior. On They'll phone. still put those fishnets on for ten bucks. Oh, I don't think he did. Now, have either of you gentlemen seen either of the direct-to-video sequels? No, I can't say oh, that I have. Boys? No, I have not. Uh, you probably don't want to bother. I know that the uh, the Frog Brothers had one, and I I wanted to keep a distance from that one. Yeah, there were a couple of uh, comic book spinoffs too, but yeah, uh, the sequels were not so great. I mean, that was back in my heyday when I was kind of uh, renting and burning copies of pretty much everything. So I've got a copy of each of them floating around here somewhere. Did, did but, you hear that, uh, FBI? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, like one of them uh, actually ends with uh, Edgar and Sam about to fight. And uh, yeah, it, it kind of bastardizes everything that we saw in the original. Wow. You know, there are so many movies that do that. When, you know, they, they, they have this... Uh, just the nostalgia of the original and the, they get a little bit of funding and then they go and make their little direct video sequel. And it is an absolute abomination and you hate to see it, but it happens more often than a good sequel. Probably. That is, that is always the risk. Uh, these, you, you get these, uh, like you said, they get the, the rights to it. And then, uh, boy, they just, they don't have the spirit of the original. They just want the money. They just, it's a cash grab. Well, especially for the quarries who at that point definitely needed to grab well, the cash. And there is, you know, the unfortunate reason why some people do make these less than uh, good sequels. This dog is crazy tonight. Uh, you know what? Since you took my near dark, Chris... I am going to mention it's not really a, an action film, but I do want to talk about my favorite vampire hunter of them all. Peter Vincent from Fright Night. I love I thought you were going to pick Abraham Lincoln first. Well, maybe, but no, Peter Vincent from Fright Night, Roddy McDowell, the original. Uh, if I mean, he's just one of my favorites and he's such a reluctant hero because he's not really, I mean, he was just playing the part and he's now finds himself forced to actually be a vampire hunter. A great movie. Probably if I, if I was pressed to pick my favorite horror movie of all time, it would probably be Fright Night. Uh, that's how much I love that movie. I enjoyed the remake. I know we were talking about that before uh, we hit record here. The remake is excellent too. They updated the story, made it make a little bit more sense, having it take place in Vegas yeah. where, you know, something like that could potentially happen and nobody would be the wiser because Vegas is not your typical town in the midwest like the original so you know they get now what did you think of the original part two not the sequel uh, you part know two. i i enjoyed that as well i mean not as much but i mean that's a good one that's one i will pop on every few years just to uh to be reminded of it because again you got you got roddy mcdowell you got william ragsdale back um so charlie brewster if you will it probably would have been better if evil ed was in there but I know he did uh, nine six nine seven six evil instead, and that's why he could not do the uh, Fright Night Part Two sequel. Didn't he do a bunch of gay porn too? <laughs> he 
he did actually. He did. I I heard why don't you before. Why don't you pull up the uh, his IMDb and read us some of those titles, Jay? Yeah, I will not be doing that, but I will only speak highly of the movie that he did in 1985 with uh, Tim Robbins and Sherry J. Wilson of Walker Texas Ranger fame. Uh, that being Fraternity Vacation. Fraternity Vacation. I just watched that uh, probably in the last calendar year, and I had never seen it before. Or if I saw it, it was a hundred years ago and forgot completely about. That is a, a great forgotten 80s comedy with another movie with a hell of a cast. You've got uh, you've got Matt McCoy in there. You've got uh, Lee J. McCloskey, who was the douchebag boyfriend in just one of the guys. And uh, he was also on the original Dallas back in the day. You had uh, Amanda Bierce, Marcy from Married with Children in there. Marcy, Marcy, uh, Stephen Jeffries, Tim Robbins. Who was also in Fright Night. Yes, she was. Yep. So there's your other Fright Night tie-in right there. Maybe they had the same agent for a while. Probably not now, though. Have you seen any of his gay porn, though? Uh, that I have not. That is uh, that is one genre that I do not have much knowledge I was talking of. to Brain, but... No, I, I have oh, not okay. either. But uh, in 1996, he made a film called Latin Crotch Rockets. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How about that? Uh, in 1995, he had one called The Cockpit. Okay. Which I'm that sure is a... Uh, is that like a Top Gun uh, ripoff, like uh, a Mockbuster? Possibly. A Cockbuster? It's an Iron Eagle ripoff. Please. Uh, <laughs> mechanics by day, lube job by night. Oh, that might be my lube favorite title. <laughs> Hunk Hotel. And I believe I believe he changed his name once he went into that yeah, genre. Yeah, it does say well. Sam, uh, Sam Ritter. Hunk Hotel, which may be right next to the Hot Springs Hotel or okay. across the street from it. I don't know. I'm going to make sure I get to the right hotel in that situation. Yeah. So, uh, oh, <laughs> yes. 19, oh no. 1997, Butt Blazer. <laughs> and I don't think we're going to get any better than that. So that is what uh, Stephen let's, Joffrey's Let's blaze made. on past the rest of this film. There you go. So, yeah, he had a uh, <laughs> varied acting career, did Stephen Joffrey's. Evil Ed in Fright Night, and also 976 Evil, and of course, as you mentioned, Fraternity Vacation. And I think I saw what? Moon 44, which I think is a Michael Paré film, Chad Cruz. Ooh, uh, I, love some, I love me some Paré. I think that's the one that, uh, not the one they did before Universal Soldier. If you put an accent in your name, automatically yeah. cool as hell. Yeah, that'd do it. Yeah. I never put it in when we uh, type his name out. I never. No, it seems like, it seems like a once, lot of work. <laughs> yeah, Roland Emmerich did that film. How he about was the that? director of Moon Forty Four before he did uh, Unisol? How could I fit an accent mark in my name? That's a good question. Chad Cruze. I feel like I just can I just Cruze. It sounds like one of the maximum male models right okay. now. Oh, that yeah, sounds good. I could go for that. He, I think Chad I'd thinks be, he's titillating people's juices all the time. I think I'd be kicked out of that group in uh, about two seconds. Well, Mr. Uh, L.A. Knight was, or he he voluntarily left. So, you know, there's that. L.A. Knight, a.k.a. Eli Drake, who has his only action figure available now at figurestoycompany.com. There you go. There you go. A.k.a. Dick Rick in our, our HWA days. Our HWA fella. Yep. All right. Well, whose turn? Well, yeah, I, I picked Fright Night. It's not really an action film, but it's, it's my freaking podcast, so I'll talk about what the hell I want. Ch Toy Man, we're back to you. 
We're back to me. All right. Well, I mean, we mentioned it in passing earlier, so I guess we need to throw out good old Wesley Snipes and the Blade franchise. Yeah, that's one that they always keep talking about. Maybe it's coming back. Will it come back with Wesley Snipes? Will it not? I mean, he was like the first kind of modern day uh, Marvel movie. Yes, it was. Yeah, at least as far as success. You know, a Far Cry. Yes. Yeah, Far Cry from uh, the 1990 Captain America or the 1994 Fantastic Four, which was never supposed to see the light of day. And, uh, you know, I stand by the fact that I think that one is the best Fantastic Four film to date. Uh, but I digress. The Blade franchise, fun movies, you know, Wesley. How can you not love Wesley Snipes, especially, you know, 1990s Wesley Snipes, because Blade One was 1998. Um, you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds, before he broke out into stardom, was in the third film. Uh, Triple H, you know, back in the Attitude Era, getting that WWE tie in uh, or at the time WWF tie in by being there. But the Blade series, uh, a fun series, something that I really enjoy. And uh, I even enjoyed the TV series that was on Spike TV mm-hmm. for a while. With the rapper guy. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was Sticky Fingers, that's, wasn't it? That's the Sticky one. Fingers. Yeah. That's what they called a uh, brain after he watched that one gay porn title. All right. I never saw oh, that. No, I already back to the gay porn. <laughs> yeah, Blade, phenomenal. I, I do think that it kind of created this you know situation that we're in where everybody's looking for the next comic book movie to make uh it, i guess it preceded spider-man by two three years probably and uh maybe four years but wesley snipes is absolutely jacked in it i think it's the perfect role for him he gets to use his martial arts and he doesn't have to talk that much which is great because he doesn't seem like he wants to talk that much um i felt like the the series kind of got off like off the rails a bit as it went on uh, but those first two are, are freaking crazy. They're awesome. And you you got to give it up to Chris Christopherson in that thing. Oh, he's amazing. He's, he's the, it's it's perfect for him. perfect role for him. It's hard to call him a sidekick because he he does so much, but he's yeah he's phenomenal. So good they brought him back from the dead. That's yeah that tells you something when the, yeah. well, they'll figure a way to bring you back even if they killed you off. That's good. You've done something right. All right, Chad. You got one more for us? Oh, of course. Uh, you know, and I'm, whew, I've, I'm, I'm between two of them uh, currently, and and uh, I guess I'll talk about uh, the one that I adore the most, and uh, we'll take it back to 1996 to Robert Rodriguez. Uh, he's already made a couple flicks and showed his own brand of action, and then he showed his brand of horror action with From Dust Till Dawn. Um, so you, you get the, uh, the Gecko brothers, you've got George Clooney, you've got Quentin Tarantino as a couple of, uh, as hardcore criminals who are escaping the law and find themselves in a Mexican, uh, bar strip club hideout for gangsters that just so happens to be full of vampires. Um, so it, it's one of those movies that kind of, it, it steps crossed every line of genre that you can think of and it's just full of absurdity and 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 awesome gore and amazing effects and good music and Salma Hayek's tits and just so many things that I love also Salma Hayek's tits are great at it so yeah it's a it's a fantastic movie this movie also has Fred Williamson so I have to you have to bow out yeah because I'm too stupid to talk about Fred Williamson so I'll just say nothing yeah, you are. I've but Toy that. Man, feel free to uh, to to 
share your thoughts. Maybe talk about Danny Trejo. He's in there too. No, I am a fan of this. Uh, you know, this is another one that kind of had a franchise. I don't think it was planned to be a franchise. It's got a couple of those direct to video sequels. Yeah. Uh, one of which uh, good old Kelly Kapowski, Tiffany and Bertheson yeah. actually starred. And I believe she was in the one with Robert Patrick yes, part two. And if I'm not, yeah, mistaken. it was like a heist. Uh, and then they, it didn't, it didn't stray far from the first one, but uh, it was a uh, Texas blood money. Yes, I believe was the subtitle, right? And then the third one was like a Western. It kind of went back in time. So yeah. Uh, the hangman's daughter. And that was a fun one. And, and then they had a series on the El Rey network. So it's a, it's a, it's a franchise that still has some legs. And I think that uh, rubber Rodriguez, he has the funds to back, to back things like this. And, Seems like it was a passion project for him then, and he still loves it now. Yeah, I never get to see the series, but uh, I know, uh, you know, have to bring up my favorite place once again. People were actually finding uh, season one at Dollar Tree over the past year. So I haven't gotten that lucky yet. Hopefully that'll pop up uh, in one of my next adventures. I will say this, that the uh, uh, I haven't watched all of the series. I've seen a little bits and pieces of it, but I do know that it uh, one of the episodes features a man... Uh, named Brian Cage, who has a, a figure that you can find at figurestoycompany.com. That is true. Yes. Oh, a little uh, Lucha Underground crossover on the El Rey Network. Indeed. All right. Well, are there any other movies that we want to talk about before we wrap things up? Anything we've left off? Uh, of our... How about the Underworld franchise? Oh, we didn't course, touch the on Underworld. that one. Good old Kate Beckinsale, Scott Speedman. We're up to, I mean, 17. the most recent one was what? Just a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. they brought her back. She still looks phenomenal in that leather. Uh, yeah, I love the Underworld series. Uh, to be honest, I haven't seen them all, but I you know, I don't, I don't know how many I've missed because there's been so many. I think 413 was the last count, but okay. I may be uh, overestimating that. Yeah, it's just that eight, you know, they've got that great uh, – it's almost like your Romeo and Juliet or your Hatfields and McCoys. You've got your, you know, your vampires and lichens and, uh, Kate Beckinsale. I mean, she's, yeah. I mean, you've got, you've got a really cool style. Lynn Wiseman directed the original film. I don't know who's directed all the ones after that. Uh, but, but that, that original film, it's got such a cool style to it. It's like, uh, it was a few years after the Matrix, but it kind of held on to some of that feeling a little bit with the you know the black leather and just like the clean and it it just it was another one that felt like it was very much a product of its time. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, movies entered like the blue period for a while there. Yeah, everything had the cool colors, uh, and yeah, Underworld definitely was in that uh, in that realm. It was like Ben Affleck's Daredevil was like yeah. that. Oh yeah. Great soundtrack on Daredevil, by the way. Um, it, it quickly uh, another film that we haven't talked about at all that came out a few years after Underworld, and that I think that it really changed kind of the the game a bit when it came to vampires was Thirty Days of Night. Uh, you know, yes, that was a graphic good novel. David Slade directed, uh, came out in two thousand seven. It just you know Josh Hartnett is back all of a sudden as a leading man. You hadn't seen him in a minute. And uh, Melissa George, just you've got this. Uh, it really changed the way that you see vampires on TV. These aren't your, you know, interview with the vampire, like romantic and and uh, they're not like a suave, suave and suave and you know, gentlemanly or whatever, seductive and wearing their their fluffy shirts and shit. 
um, yeah, they're just sucking people's blood and killing people. So it's pretty well. Not dressed like the brood in 1998. It's a pretty wild movie. And it's not like your CW vampire, right? You had, you had a minute there where you had, uh, everybody looked like they were on a CW TV show or twilight or whatever. Yeah, that's another one I have not seen. So I've got uh, I've got some stuff to add to my watch list here before the Halloween spooky season is up. I've got some vampire movies to check out. Anything and it, else? And it has a direct-to-video uh, sequel as well. Well, there you go. I mean, that's kind of what mentioned at the, the vampire. It's kind of like the uh, the diehard of the. Uh, horror franchise you could just keep making vampire movies as long, as i mean realistically if you go into i mean not that video stores exist but you used to be able to go into a video store and if you walk down that horror section or even in the action section you could easily find 20 25 different vampire movies of all shapes and sizes yeah you could run blackula if you wanted to mm-hmm. how about yeah. that and we didn't even talk about dracula you know what i mean like the you know, I love the 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 modern day uh, Keanu Reeves, Gary Oldman. Like that, to me, that is, uh, I don't know. It's it's one of the best vampire movies I've ever seen, and I haven't seen them all, but it's a very very good film. There's also uh, Dracula Untold, the one with uh, Luke Evans. I didn't enjoy that. Did you enjoy that, Chris? Fight. Why don't you guys fight over it? <laughs> but to be honest... <laughs> no, we're going to save the fight for the next oh, podcast. That, that is we right. That is earlier. right. We'll, we'll to be honest, that. I don't remember much about it. So I never saw it. So there you go. I'm, I'm of no use once again. All right. Well, if we have uh, gone down our list, I, I'm going to give you one more chance. Going once going twice one last film real quick here we go i know and and this is one that uh i remember when i watched it it came out in 2009 it's called daybreakers ethan hawk oh with ethan hawk very fun very uh it's one of those films that also has a, a a big um it really changes kind of the way that you the mythology behind the vampires and the world that the vampires live in you know this is one of those films where it's like okay the you know, vampires exist in a big way, right? They, to the point where humans are almost extinct and they're essentially harvesting human blood so they can continue to feed. And your main character isn't just a human who's trying to evade and fight the vampires. He's a vampire. Uh, but he he's also a guy who wants to be cured of this situation. And so it's one of those movies, that it's it's very different, but it's uh, it has an awesome action element to it as well. And it's it's a movie that you don't really hear about much. Yeah. I've never heard of it, but I see it's got creepy Willem Dafoe and that's, if he's a vampire, that's perfect casting. I believe he's a human. Oh, with a crossbow. Well, now that makes sense. (laughs) Is he a goblin? He's not a goblin. No. Okay. He's not a goblin. All right. Well, there you go. Is he Abraham Lincoln? Because we did have Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter about 10 years ago. That's one I feel like I've seen at a Dollar Tree. Uh, you probably have. Uh, the most recent batch that I saw actually had the one with the Spanish language cover, but it was the American release on the inside. Ah, how about that? 
You never know what you'll find, kids. Pretty sneaky, Dollar Tree. <laughs> Pretty sneaky. All right, gentlemen. Well, no, I think we've... Unless Chad's going to throw one more at us. No, nah, I'm dead. My list is exhausted. All right. Well, before our audience is exhausted with our vampire talk, we are going to take a quick break and we will come back. We'll talk about what uh, Mr. DiPetrillo teased and maybe some other things as we wrap up this spooky season episode of the Bulletproof Podcast. Chris the Brain, Chad Cruz, and the Toy Man Christy Petrillo back with you as we wrap things up on this edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. Of course, we want to encourage you to check out BulletproofAction.com. Something new each and every day. I know I've got the the checklist is returning with a very special Halloween episode of Knight Rider. I'm very excited about that. Uh, We're going to have next month, we're going to be celebrating the music of Rocky. Yes. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and, you know, again, we've just recently covered Black Adam. You could read Chris's review of Halloween Ends and so much more uh, on BulletproofAction.com. And, of course, also follow us on social media at BulletproofPod on Twitter and at BulletproofAction on Instagram and on Facebook. And, Chris, we've uh, we've had a few cheap plugs, but why don't you tell us what's going on at Figures Toy Company? Uh, there's a whole lot going on. We are expecting some more items to come in prior to Christmas. Uh, we're waiting on the Rosemary figure for the Rising Stars of Wrestling. That one's been a hot item that a lot of people have been asking for, and uh, the wait is almost over. Also waiting on the Ghost of Redbeard figures for the Scooby-Doo line. Uh, right now we have the Frankenstein's Monster and the Wolfman from one of the most famous Scooby-Doo episodes from the original series currently in stock. We also have our premium real scale wrestling ring. So if you are a wrestling fan and figure collector, we have an actual metal ring, uh, wooden planks, done plastic, uh, realistic ring apron, uh, leather style turnbuckles, uh, metal steps, metal post, uh, as real as you could get uh, with a toy ring or a quote unquote toy ring, since obviously this one is more for the photography and display purposes. Uh, But all of that and more. In stock now over at figurestoycompany.com. Uh, give us a check out on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, it's all by the company name on Facebook and Instagram. On Twitter, it's at Figures Toy Co. And like Brain mentioned, if you want to keep up to date on anything that I'm personally doing at Figures Toy Company, some of the new projects, some of the uh, promotions, some of the collaborations, uh, you can follow me personally at Zach Malibu. And check it out there in addition to all my very fine, very awesome Bulletproof Action content. Yes. And that ring is a a, a beauty. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's only a matter of time before one is residing in this house. But I have to make some room for it first because it is a beast. I I will say this. I was at a a toy store just recently, uh, maybe a week ago. I was there with with my daughter. We were looking around and... As I was nearing the counter, uh, I, this is a place that I frequent often, and uh, so we, I'm always chatting with the owner, and and I look to my left, and what do I see? I see a bunch of figures, toy company, uh, Batman figures from the Excellent. from the '60s Batman series, and I said, figures, toy company. I just so happened to uh, have a friend who uh, pretty pretty big shot over at figures, toy company. If uh, 
And they're like, really? And I said, yeah, he's a big, big wrestling guy. They got some fantastic wrestling figures coming out. And he's like, really? And he seemed very interested. And I said, well, you may have to make some room because there's some good figures coming out. Cause I've seen the, uh, the pictures of the Rosemary figure and, uh, and w- the way this place is, it's got a lot of retro stuff. And, uh, mm-hmm. when I think retro, when I think wrestling, it's not extreme retro, but I'm thinking nineties, I'm thinking a guy like Alex Wright. I mean, that Alex Wright would figure would look real good on their counter. I'm just, I'm just saying. Hey, we do do wholesale, and you're right. There is plenty coming out. Uh, you know, in the new year, uh, obviously there's no ETA right now, but Brad Armstrong, Savio Vega, Dr. Tom Pritchard, Luis Piccoli, um, some new projects coming with Mr. James E. Cornett. A lot of stuff planned for 2023. So after this holiday season, pocket that cash from your Christmas cards and start saving up because uh, the output is going to be very strong heading into the new year. Uh, at least definitely in the first half. I love it. And you know what? This is the type of place where I actually was there one day and uh, they were filming a commercial while I was there and and Sergeant Slaughter was there doing commercial. And I ran into Jimmy Hart there as well. So they're a big wrestling place. So that sounds like right up there, it'd be right up their alley. Now this predates my bulletproof action career, but did you know that uh, I, technically I am in a commercial with Jimmy Hart for Figure Soy Company? Uh, Jimmy Hart did a commercial years ago. So, uh, Tony, my partner at Figures Toy Company, he's my boss's son. Uh, I've known the kid since he was 10 years old and he and I worked together on the majority of the projects at Figures Toy Company. But, uh, about a decade ago, he was doing the custom heads for figures for my face on a figure. And Jimmy Hart is very friendly with us and actually came into the office to do a little sales pitch, little, uh, film, a little commercial video. And he promoted the mascot for the My My Face on a Figure line, which was the Zach Malibu action figure. So uh, I got a little bit of a plug from the Mouth of the South about 10 years ago. And now we have what? Is it Hasbro that's doing the the My Face kind of gimmick? Yeah, the selfie series, they're calling it. I've heard it's not. Yep. Going I think well. it's limited to certain figures. <laughs> I am aware of. I know they're doing like Snake Eyes okay. and the Power uh, Rangers, Power yeah. Rangers, Star Wars. So I don't know if it's limited to certain body types. Like you know, maybe it's like figures that they've produced in excess. Because yeah. uh, if you go to any Target or Walmart, you're going to see those Snake Eyes movie figures. Right. Here we are, two years later. And I've um, I've seen a lot of pictures on Twitter of people doing this, and it's never a, a wonderful fit. You know what I mean? It always looks terrible. You know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens, especially since Hasbro getting a, a bit of a bad rap for all of their price increases lately. I know uh, there were complaints about the stock being down, but uh, yeah, raising the price on Marvel Legends by five bucks and then putting them in packages where you can't see what the figure is. <laughs> not a good move. Yeah, I have seen those com- that they're trying to save plastic and the whole industry is plastic. So what's the difference? Really? Right. I'll tell you what figure I have had my eye on at Figures Toy Company is the Lex Luthor Super Friends figure. Uh, so if anybody wants to buy me anything this holiday season, there's that. Or if I don't get it, I maybe I'll use my Christmas money to pick that up after the holidays. Now, are we speaking of the standard version or Lex Luthor as the Green Lantern from when he stole his powers? I was going with the standard version. Standard first variant later, I got And you know, I've got a couple of figures actually already on a Christmas list for my daughter. We watch a lot of the uh, 60s Batman series on Tubi. 
and she is obsessed with the uh, Catwoman episodes. And uh, but but as much as I love the Catwoman figure, I really think that a good Adam West Burt Ward duo is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. So she's got an Amazon wish list, and she's got that uh, that link popped in there. So we're hoping for that this year. There you go. All right. Well, next time, Chad Cruz, we're going to be celebrating an anniversary. We've been doing this show for quite a while now. Yeah. What a, what a waste of time. Well, that's what everybody listening is saying right now. But <laughs> you had a great idea for this special anniversary show because, you know, the first episode we ever did was all about Dolph Lundgren. And one of my favorite Dolph Lundgren movies is The Punisher. Yes. And, you know, there's been a lot of Punisher content over the years. So next time out here on the Bulletproof Podcast, it's all about the Punisher. And uh, I think we all have our own personal favorites. So that's going to be something special there. The whole gang's going to be here for this anniversary show. We're going to have a whole crew here. The whole crew with a pile of differing opinions. In the, yeah, it could be very testy. It's, that's, that's, my, that's my hope, anyways. That's my hope as well, so I don't have to do much. I'm going to get good and drunk before we start. I'm just going to uh, lay out and let you guys fight, and then I'll throw it to commercial. <laughs> I like it. I'm we all have for, our roles. I'm lo- looking for less work is what I'm looking for next time. After three years, I think I've earned it. Yeah, well, I, I like to say that I'm an idea guy, and you do all the work, so. Yeah. Well, you like to say a lot of things. I don't know how many of them are true. <laughs> so that's next time, folks. All about the Punisher. And uh, I'm looking forward to that one, and I'm thankful that you all checked us out here on uh, this Vampire Action Edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I want to thank you, Chad, as always, for Making the time for us. I know you're a busy man over there. Got an important job. Saving the world. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and we're always then. And of course, Chris, always welcome to have you here with uh, your Dollar Tree talk. Always appreciate it. I really hope one day Dollar Tree gives us some money. And uh, yeah, I really hope all of you enjoyed this episode. And I want to thank you for listening. And as always, stay tuned for more of the Bulletproof Podcast. listening to the Geekscape Network.